Welcome back to your favorite podcast, Buddies. We're your hosts, Jack Riley. And Griffin Young. And we'll and be your buddies. <laughs> right on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we've been absent. We've been absent for a few weeks because of a coronavirus scare, but all is well now, and we're back to creating some content for you guys. Uh, we also apologize if there's poor audio quality, as we're now all in different locations and have to do this over the internet. But anyway, today we'll be talking about movies and how life is a simulation. You want me to jump into our uh, special guest today? First, uh, first guest on the podcast. Want me to jump right into that with the intro? Yes, sir. All right. It's a special day. We have our first guest coming on to the podcast, sitting in at just 5 feet 10 inches tall if he's trying to impress someone, and weighing in at 138 pounds, attending Mizzou College as a junior, majoring in digital storytelling. He's gay. He's the director and owner, producer of Purple Elephant Films. Go check out his most recent video, Flashlight Tag, a suburban western. A former, a former mob boss and a secret admirer of BBT Sophie, please welcome our good friend, a man of wisdom, and Russian girlfriend, Scott Green! Woo! Hey. Happy to be on, everybody. <laughs> Happy to have you. BBT Sophie, can you explain that? Yeah, um, so BBT Sophie was kind of one of my muses for my most recent film. She um, She's a fictional character, and she kind of inspired the whole movie, I would say. <laughs> like Taming the Shrew? Is that something like that? You know what Taming what, the Shrew is? Um, what, what is that? I don't even know the direct definition of shrew, but it's like a it's like an old crabby woman, and I was referring to BBT Sophie as an old crabby woman. Interesting. Oh, what does BBT mean? Um, it sting stands for big bouncy. Um, <laughs> yeah. what's the word? Finish it. <laughs> Just go ahead and finish <laughs> Big bouncy. Tata Sophie. Teriyaki sauce. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> Big bouncy teriyaki sauce. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, Sean recently made a movie called Flashlight Tag, a suburban western. You should definitely check it out on YouTube under the name Purple Elephant Films. Um, what are some other projects that you've done recently? Um. Well, so... That was the most recent film, but the one right before that was Childish, and I did that one. It was, like, for a class project, but not for a class project. Uh, I filmed it all by myself in my house just during the quarantine. Mm-hmm. That one was cool, but it was more serious. But right now, um, I'm working on a website and kind of expanding the brand to do, uh, like, a mix between adding in a blog and then videos where like starting up a second channel called purple elephant thoughts yeah pretty much i mean if you pay enough you'll definitely see something but uh it's more like i posted two videos and i know you guys haven't seen it but it's like kind of the messages behind the videos i make so they're not like stories in themselves but it's more like talking to the camera like um, the last video I 
made was called like a fear of wasting time and it was all about like how in their short videos but it was all about how like boredom is actually a good thing if you like pay attention to it because it'll inspire you to like actually work on something you want to do instead of just putting it off with like uh social media or something like that yeah so that kind of vibe um so i i don't like calling it like a vlog because it's really not because i'm still like i still script it out and it's not like oh this is sean it's like still kind of playing a character in that sense <clears throat> but it's just talking to the camera really simple but it's yeah fun. so it's gonna be like 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 lessons or was that just an example with the um i think that's a decent way to put it uh i wouldn't say it's overt life lessons i it's more like aimed at people who want to create something so it's like if the purple elephant films is just like okay whatever whoever wants to watch and enjoy it mm -hmm. this channel would be like people who don't know how to make something don't know where to start and they're like you know maybe i have an idea or maybe i'm putting it off an idea but now i actually want to work on it and it's like kind of those tips and little bits and pieces that so, can help so make it easier you're the median between someone who's a lazy ass and, and then it's you and then being really successful you're yeah middle guy. yeah and i, I mean, think go ahead well that um the first video i did was literally called i don't know what it was called but it was all about how i'm just making a shitty video can i cuss yeah, yeah. okay um I was just making a shitty video, but it's the first video of many and how I just have to accept that the first one's not going to be as good as I want it to be. That's not going to be perfection. And then moving on from there and just being like, okay, I know it's going to get better. So I'm just getting the shitty one out of the way first. And yeah. it's like that kind of message to where if I'm making something shitty for the first time, then you have no excuse not to make anything. Yeah. yeah. It's only gonna get better from that first, you know, first video. Yeah, but then I'm also doing a, like I said, the website, and I'm trying the other like big thing besides that second channel, is I'm setting up like a newsletter, but I'm calling it the Creators Letter, and that's gonna be something where I send it out weekly, and I haven't sent one out yet. I wrote wrote up the first one, but it's gonna be like similar to the like thoughts videos but I'm having people submit like their art, their amateur art, whether it's like videos or like sketch comedy or like stand-up comedy and submitting that, like a video of it. And then I put the best submissions in the newsletter so people can see like someone who wouldn't get, like I barely have any subscribers so not many people are gonna see my stuff. Yeah. But if I had that opportunity to submit something like submit a video that isn't like a film festival but just like something casual like hey check out this creator it would be like kind of a big deal to me and i hope that it's a big deal to a lot of other people like imagine if like this podcast was like sent out on some newsletter like hey these guys are really funny check them out even though you guys have only made a couple episodes i think it's like a big deal in that sense yeah no i think that's really good though how you can kind of use that platform to grow other people's content as well as your own 
Right. Sean, I want to talk a little bit about your, uh, where did you find your love for movies? I mean, you know, we used to have our movie nights around the neighborhood and stuff, but where did you, where did you really know that you wanted to go into digital storytelling and how did you know that you wanted to, you know, this is the path you wanted to take in college and onto, onto the future of your life? Yeah. I mean, I think it's perfect that it's you guys doing the podcast cause you guys are probably the origins. Um, the stuff like, um, I, I have it on my desktop, the man versus tree. <laughs> and there was one other one the where we did the prank video the nude prank fbi right right right. yeah because i just watched those like i just went back and watched those like a couple months ago yeah and of course they're they're terrible but they're decent in like the sense that it's like oh okay there could be jokes or like i get the intention was to be funny <laughs> um, but yeah it started there with that kind of stuff um, cause I remember I asked for like a video camera probably when I was like 12 or 13 or something. And now, like now that I have the camera that I have, I know that that camera is a piece of shit, but it was like just an excuse to make more stuff and not, uh, be able to put it off. Yeah. And so we'd make like those dumb, I say dumb, but it wasn't dumb. It was, it was, it was fun and it was a good it was time. It's a neighbor kids being creative right and then the other thing was uh jack when we would do the like music videos yeah on the, uh, the iMovie one. yeah yeah with like the lyric videos the lyric videos yeah and that wasn't like anything crazy but i think it was just like getting into iMovie and eventually that would lead to like premiere and stuff yeah like so, premiere adobe premiere so that so that stuff, the little stuff, whether it was a movie camera or um, the iMovie, those are the little things that made you enjoy film and film telling and making, and that's why you went into it? Yeah, I think I bounced between, like, like that childhood dream has bounced from, like, director to just plain old author to screenwriter back to director to just like doing the whole process and it's like kind of flipped around but it's always been based in storytelling yeah in my like my major it's called digital storytelling but it's just like some dumb thing it's not like it's the perfect major by any means i just it definitely caught my eye because of that because of the name yeah yeah because when when you went to that major that was new at mizzou right like that was the first year they were offering it it was the like second or third year, but second it was, or third. yeah, like I don't even think the graduating class in the major had graduated yet. Yeah, or, or like the first class of it. Um, so like even now they're still changing things up and like adding up uh, different assignments to the course, and it ranges from everything from like we do like an audio podcast or like a mini podcast or an audio documentary to like photography to mm-hmm. just the regular short films which is what i love doing yeah oh and i just took a a class for that where we like learned how to make video games like a really simple one but like that's included in the digital storytelling which is so cool even though that's not something i want to do for the rest of my life so so where do you see yourself going 10 years from now with with using your knowledge that you're gaining mizzou and taking this taking this major um, well, I don't want this to be like a, 
like a like a avid spokesperson for Mizzou because I don't think the stuff I'm doing is because I'm in the major. I think it's the other way around. I think it's the fact that I like doing this stuff and I just happen to be in the major and going to college at the same time. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's fair to give Mizzou any credit because <laughs> the teachers yeah. are cool, but like, I don't know. Well, I, I'm, not I think... a huge, I'm not a big believer in like art being able to be like major attached. Yeah, like, it's also, to something like that, you know. It's also a new, it's a new program, right? As you were saying, so yeah. Um, were there other schools that you looked at before going to Mizzou that had that had that um, visual storytelling, or was this Mizzou was just your choice because you wanted to go to Mizzou? Well, it's interesting because uh, like the other main school I was going to go to was Indiana, huh. and if I went there, I would have gotten a major in marketing. Okay. Okay. Because like yeah. senior year of high school. Like, I went, like, a five-year stretch without making any movies or, like, like almost forgot about the interest. And it wasn't until – or, like, you know, I, I got super into business and, like, marketing and entrepreneurship with air quotes because I never actually made anything. But I got super into that in high school. And so I was going to go to Indiana, but it was, like, super expensive. And it was, like, uh, I'll probably get a similar education at Mizzou. And yeah. then my mom told me about that major. Yeah. About the digital storytelling major. And that was like, okay, now I have the option to, you know, just try out this really new and interesting sounding major, or I can always just fall back on marketing at Mizzou because they have a decent program. Yeah, it's it's really good at Mizzou. And uh, you were just saying earlier how you, you mentioned the fear of wasting time. I think, like you said, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're doing really can't really give any credit to Mizzou with it. So I think a lot of that ties into your fear of wasting time and how you're just taking advantage of all of your free time even and like dumping it into this interest that you have. I I think that's really cool. Yeah. Something like this, to take away. I moved back into my uh, apartment like a week or a week and a half ago with literally nothing on my plate no like classes to prepare for um and so it's literally been either stare at a wall all day or you know watch tv but that gets boring easily or do this stuff which um i really love to do yeah um i don't remember what i was gonna say never mind jack you want to do you want to recap that or we want to move on to our second topic or do you want to talk about modern movies? Anyone? Well, modern movies, yeah. Like, um, what's his name? Uh, Tarantino? What's his, what's his name? Yeah, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're a big fan of his, right? Yeah, I would say like my top directors that like influenced me or just that I really love are... Quentin Tarantino, Wes Anderson, and uh, Martin Scorsese. And I feel like they, they're they all different, like, style-wise, but they all have, like, their distinct style. Whereas yeah. I feel like Steven Spielberg, I know he's so talented, but I wouldn't be able to, like, see a new movie and be like, oh, that's a Spielberg movie. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like it when a director has, like, 
a style so distinct that like it couldn't be mimicked without someone assuming that it was made by them like if they tried if someone else tried to copy their style it would never that new director would never get credit for it um Jack, you say something a minute ago um, well, I know you were talking about when we were making uh, flashlight tag, how a lot of the shots you were kind of styling after Wes Anderson there, or yeah. uh, or potentially Tarantino. I know Seamus said that it was very Quentin Tarantino-ish, and and he loved it with the zoom ins and the yeah. whipping sound. That yeah. was taken directly from, um, I think it was Django Unchained. They do the zoom in and like the whipping sound. Yeah, that was like taken exactly from it. Okay. And then the Wes Anderson aspect was like hyper symmetry and like the little awkward, almost inhuman movements. Yeah. To where you know that a person, like you, I like Wes Anderson because his style is like there's something slightly off about the characters, like they're. Mm-hmm too perfect but they're too awkward to be real people yeah and so it like you know you're watching a movie but at the same time it doesn't take away from it because it's just like oh this is just a really interesting movie even if i'm not like engrossed in it and fully believing that i'm watching real characters yeah so that's what i tried to do okay but yeah i mean like i definitely copied from it but i think that's like a I think I personally think it's a good example of like copying the style without like ripping it off. It's you know? it's inspiration, I'd say. Yeah. Not not really I, copying. I a lot of people a lot of people get offended off copying really easily, you know, no copyright stuff, but at the same time you've gotta get inspiration from somewhere. Whether it's something you're well, you're doing something creative and you have to find inspiration from something. So at some point you're gonna be copying someone and that's not a bad thing. Just that you need that you need that kind of inspiration to get going, to get started. Yeah, like the way I look at it with like creative work and copying is like, okay, if you if I my only influence was Quentin Tarantino and my only influence of him was specifically from the Django Unchained movie and like the topic was super similar and I didn't take any other influences then yeah, it would be like copying in a sense. But because I took so many other influences, I think it kind of disperses that. So it's less recognizable as one yeah. specific style that I took from because I took from so many. And it was almost like, like I'm not very familiar with Wes Anderson, but it felt like a completely new style in a sense. Like you were almost creating your own new style by combining aspects of other directors that you'd already liked and that's what i want to do yeah but i think one of the things that i've realized is that like if i tried to figure out my style before i made a movie and like try to be like i'm gonna try to make this move this new movie as similar to my style as possible i would get it wrong or it would just completely flop because like i can't know my style until i look back at it yeah all right, well, we could talk about movies all day. 
Um, but we do have to get on to our next topic of discussion, which is that life I'm is a simulation. Hey, before we do that, can we bring up our uh, little transition segment on um, our generic questions for guests that we have? Oh, yes, so, yes, yes. Okay, good. Uh, Sean, we have a couple, a couple questions we're going to be asking our guests to come on the podcast. Um, I should have three down right now. But um, the first one, Jack and I talked a lot about this last podcast. It's uh, what makes a best friend? you um i don't think it's reliant on like how often you see the person i think it is more so dependent on like how much you feel you could tell them or like how much you could trust them even if you don't necessarily tell them everything just like knowing that if i ever needed to i could tell them something so for you it's for you it's trust Versus, yeah. so if you have your best friend, you trust them more than you're just your friend. Whether you trust them with what you tell them or just know that you can trust them no matter what. Yeah, like trust in the sense of like, oh, I can tell them a secret and trust in the sense of like, I know that they would be there for me if like I needed them to like, oh, like pick me up. And they wouldn't ask any questions. They'd be there. Like trusting that they'd be there. Okay. Yeah. Um. The second question is, uh, should we get rid of the Electoral College? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's put you on the spot there, question. But... I don't know very well. Um, I mean, I've like, <laughs> I've watched a lot of YouTube videos where it's like how to figure out the Electoral College for dumb people, and I still don't get it. Uh, <laughs> I. I don't know. I don't know yeah. why it was invented. So maybe it had a use back in the day. It doesn't yeah. like it has a use now that we have such good technology. So yeah, I don't I'm not know. sure. I'm not sure if you know, but correct me if I'm wrong. I may be wrong. Um, electoral college was created when uh, news couldn't spread fast. You know, you had these political candidates running um, or getting elected, and people couldn't voice their opinion because there wasn't social media and there wasn't that platform to do that. And so they had these elected officials that represented them. And so they went and voted based off what their people wanted them to vote. Um, but now it's become more of a, like you said, it's, it's not used the way it was yeah. um, back in whenever they didn't have social media. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and then the last question is, uh, this should be an easy one, but is the earth flat? No. <laughs> You're wrong. Is it? What is it? What is it then? Is it round? Is it donut? Like what is it? You're asking me what it is? Yeah, if it if it's not flat then what is it? A sphere. Interesting. Interesting interesting take. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, I know. It must be original. It's a new shit actually. (laughs) All right. Life's a simulation. Prove me wrong. Right now. Am I the one arguing? Is Griffin just both of you? Know, just prove me wrong. What side is Griffin on? I'm on B side. Oh, I don't know. It's both sides. I, that was my that was my topic idea last podcast. Um, well, wait, what was your answer, Griffin? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that it is. I I don't know. To be fair, uh, and by telling you to prove me wrong, I've proven that. You can't you don't really know. prove that it's wrong. Well, I I watched um 
uh, thing of, of what's his name? The guy who knows all the stuff about stars and galaxies. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yep. I have you seen the video that I might be talking about? Maybe. Uh, possibly. Okay, so basically he explained where he, I, he said someone explained this to me, and now I no longer believe the simulations theory. And his argument was like, take the analogy of um, TV and movies. When people create like a fictional, like imagine that a movie or a TV show is considered a simulation. When people create those movies, they hardly ever create them in the time period that exists before movies and TV existed. Basically meaning like they hardly ever make stuff that's based in the time period like before the 1900s. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, maybe 10% of the movies. I, I don't know the exact statistic, but it's way less, right? Yeah. yeah. So because we can't make simulations right now, we are technically in that pre-simulation time that exists where, you know, those uh, the Middle Ages would be considered a pre-movie time or a pre-TV time. Okay. So that means that it's unlikely that whoever is watching the simulations would want to create our time period where the simulation doesn't exist because as of right now, it's not interesting for us to watch um, movies about a time period with barely any technology without uh, movies already existing in it because it's less interesting to watch. There's a reason that there are so many gangster movies um, out, but hardly any like, you know, Sparta Roman Empire movies. Because even though those are both action movies, one is more interesting because there's more going on. It's not just spears and like thrones you know there's a ton of interesting stuff in this time period now yeah and it, we can imagine that it would be like way more interesting once simulations exist that time period there's gonna be so much more that people would be interested in so you're saying that life isn't a simulation so, what's so your i'm final saying answer? my answer is that it's still possible it's just unlikely but i'm saying it's not like it's not what uh, Elon Musk or someone says where it's like five billion to one odds that we're living in the real world. I don't buy that. I think the odds are way more 50-50, way closer. Okay. Really? Yeah. I not, think. I can't answer definitively because like you said, I think it's impossible to prove. Yeah. But there are like, there are like things that happen in real life that people think – proves that we're living in a simulation um for example a lot of people point at climate change and say there's no way that climate change just pops up now clearly we're living in a simulation where our ancestors or whoever's like created us is looking for a solution to see if we can solve climate change so, or or other so they... world problems so like so one of the one of the ideas is climate change so yeah it's like it's like maze runner right where they're putting to this they're exactly maze to try to get out and 
because they're trying to come up with a cure for the disease, right? Isn't that yeah. the storyline of Arizona? Yeah. So that's oh, that's your okay. analogy with or your explanation for. Um, I mean, I don't believe that at all, but but that's like some things that people yeah, say. Yeah, because um, why couldn't it just be that we're the society that actually has the climate change issue instead of yeah we're the simulation with exactly, it? and then another thing that people point to a lot is how video games now look so much like real life and they can simulate so many things that actually happen in our environment that it's possible that and further advanced civilization has already gotten to the point where they could create a new universe which is our universe so if that's if this is true that um global warming is is um a simulation yeah if like global warming is a simulation that's not the main that's not the main goal what's the what's the main problem we're trying to solve jack the main problem would be us like our civilization that we're in is trying to solve climate change for the civilization that created our simulation Mm. yeah well but, see, but that's just I, the, go ahead John. okay um well <clears throat> so there's no one there's no there's no one problem that we're trying to solve there's no big world problem that we're trying to solve right now there's there's very little um or there's little climate problems. change is a pretty big world problem yeah that's one well, of the know, biggest but, for sure but i know but i mean i'm saying like there's no like there's no super problem o- overarching all okay. that we're trying to solve. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Buddies podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to follow both Griffin and I on social medias. You can find me on Instagram at pro underscore Jack R. And you can find Griffin at Griffin underscore young 56.